Priorities have changed and dominoes are getting ready to fall for Penn State. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, that is right. You are Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for making us your first listen and watch every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm your host of the show, and I am joined once again by Adam Friedman, who does it all for Rivals.com, but especially, of course, the national recruiting analyst, the rankings director covering college football recruits up and down the East Coast. Adam, it is great to have you back on the show. Really good to see you again, Zach. Lots of lots of things have happened since we talked last. You know, the early July fireworks, you know, on July 4th and just before mm-hmm. that, lots of big commitments all around the country. Uh, you know, holidays are, are a fun time for everybody that doesn't report on college football recruiting or in sports in general because you guys get to enjoy the holidays and we get to work. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, yeah, lots lots of things happening all over the country. Well, priorities have changed for Penn State because they had, of course, the inside track for what it looked to be Jamonte Waller, Nick Marsh, just to name a couple of kids, Benedict Ume, and now those dominoes have fell. They continue to falling, but with the priorities changing, Penn State seems to be in a good spot again with these next wave of recruits, potential commits. Let's go right out of the gate with Liam Andrews. Uh, Liam yeah, Andrews yeah. is a lineman who's an offensive line, defensive line. He seems like he's got a preference to play on the defensive side of the of the football. Penn State right now has two defensive line commitments. Is Liam Andrews going to be that first player that really sec- uh, sets the tone for this next wave of commits for Penn State? Could be. Um, You know, he hasn't really given a whole lot of indication that he's close to committing. He's been pretty quiet about everything that's going on in his recruitment. But the fact that, you know, Benedict Ume is trending away from Penn State, Mm -hmm. David Palipale, obviously, you know, committed to USC. That's Penn State's top two defensive tackle targets right there that doesn't look like they're going to end up with either. And that really plays into the to the narrative that maybe Liam Andrews is moving up the board and and could possibly end up with the Penn State Nittany Lions. But there is some significant uh, competition there from South Carolina and from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He took official visits to all three schools in June. Uh, and if he wants to make an early decision, uh, as in early before the season, it's probably going to be one of those three schools. But there is a possibility, you know, he, he could take it into the season, maybe even all the way up to the early signing period. He just hasn't given really an indication that he's ready to commit and wants to get this over with. So he's somebody we're keeping an eye on, and Penn State fans should have definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, he could turn the tide on the momentum for this recruiting class. And that's very important for Andrew's case to Penn State because – there's the news that it sounds like Caleb Brewer, who's listed as a jumbo athlete, whether it's tight end, offensive line, defensive line, he's going to be on the offensive side of the ball to start opening up another door just for more defensive line commits to come into the room with Deion Barnes and get things started. So Liam Andrews, if he's going to lean on the defensive side with Brewer moving to the offensive side, even though they both can do both, uh, both offensive and defensive line, that is huge for Penn state. Now going over to the outside part, uh, there's, it sounds like Penn state, could have more defensive tackles, right? With between Andrews, between Cook, between Gillum. And then that leaves the pass rushers because Jamonte Waller was a priority and then things changed, right? He committed to Florida. And then Jalen Harvey was expected to commit and he's pushed back his date. Let's start with him, Adam, because Harvey 
seemed like he was uh, Penn, he was crystal ball projected future casted to Penn State for the longest time, and now it's not looking as good. But where do things stand? Yeah, Harvey's been pretty quiet about where teams stand throughout his recruitment, uh, except for early on. Early on, he was all about Penn State, even publicly in his in his interviews mm -hmm. and everything. Since then, he's been very quiet about which team has the lead, and I think it's helped him really kind of uh, expand his his recruiting board. You know, he looked at USC, he's looking at Maryland, he's looking at a number of schools. His latest visit was to Maryland, uh, the local team for him, and if there's one team Maryland really wants to stick it to, it's Penn State, and they're going to do everything they can to make sure that you know, the Nittany Lions don't get their priority recruits and instead, you know, keep the in-state recruit at home. And so Harvey uh, has a lot to think about coming off of his Maryland official visit. Not something that Penn State fans really want to hear, but I do believe Penn State has the inside track still. Uh, but that that uh, lead has shrunk significantly. Uh, and as, as far as a commitment time frame, that's really up in the air at this point. We'll have to see how things turn out. Maybe towards the end of this month, we'll get some clarity on that. But uh, I know that he wanted to get it done before the season. He doesn't want to mm -hmm. carry this into the season. He wants to be able to focus on his team's you know, success this fall. Uh, they're going for another state championship over at Quince Orchard, and there's some significant competition there for them as well. So uh, look out for Maryland. It's more of a Maryland-Penn State battle, battle right now. Penn State still, I believe, has the, the lead, but again, that lead has shrunk significantly. For From Penn State's side of, of it, their point of view, do they see Harvey as the top edge edge commit remaining out there, the edge recruit that uh, Penn State needs to land? I know we're going to get to Malachi Williams in a second. I know those are the priorities, but in a in a perfect world, is Harvey one? Uh, is he is he down the list? Do they is this an absolute need for Penn State uh, when it comes to edge? Yeah, they're really hoping to get him. They need his versatility on the front on the front seven. They like love the way they were able to move him around, uh, his pass rush ability, his ability to play in space. He can put his hand in the ground. He can stand up. There's a lot he can do uh, on that front seven, and he's really bulked up significantly since yeah. the uh, end of last season, and so he, can, he looks really college-ready at this point. It'll be interesting to see how his body changes throughout the rest of the fall, but I do believe Harvey is, is likely the number one uh, defensive uh, priority for them at this point, uh, right up there with Liam Andrews, making sure they get another interior defensive lineman. Uh, but I do think that those guys are right there at the top, followed closely by Malachi Williams, a more pure defensive end who can really get after the passer, helps against the running game, and has a really, really high ceiling. Um, I'm very high on Malachi Williams' potential at the next level. Yeah, and Malachi Williams, nothing not to take anything away from him. He is just as important as getting Jalen Harvey. Penn State ideally wants to be able to land both with the new image, the new direction of this defensive line room under Dion Barnes. Barnes, of course, has an incredible relationship with Williams. That's no secret. Williams being from the Philadelphia area. But why has his commitment uh, not come so much since it seems like everything's in place for him to be a Penn State Nittany Lion. Yeah, there was some some thought that Notre Dame could be a big a big player for him earlier in the process. Uh, the Fighting Irish have since moved on to other targets, and that kind of delayed his process a little bit. And uh, it looks like the the Nittany Lions are right back up there at the top, uh, not only in his recruitment but from Penn State's side of the of the game as well. Uh, they really want him to fill that that defensive end position in this recruiting class, and uh, they don't really you know there aren't really many other major contenders. You know, Syracuse got him for a visit. I believe Virginia Tech is up there as well. I think Pitt is in the mix there, but Penn State has had the longest relationships with him. They've got the closest relationships with him in, in Deion Barnes. So uh, I believe that he'll end up in this recruiting class. Uh, I guess it's in a couple of days now.
It is Locked On Nittany Lions with special guest Adam Friedman, and I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Let's table this for just a second, Adam, and we're going to continue to talk about specific prospects and, of course, where Penn State has its outlook set for the entire 2024 cycle, uh, the dominoes that will fall for first, and, of course, can they even catch Ohio State and Michigan with uh, the success that they've had? Before we get to that, let's hear from our sponsor of today's episode, and that is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Take your swing at at betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's the most important part, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run, all in an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet it all on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. And Locked On Nittany Lions is your go-to podcast for HappyValleyInsider.com. Penn State rivals, check it out. HappyValleyInsider.com for all the latest on Penn State football, recruiting, and so much more. And right back into it with recruiting, Adam, Penn State has, like I said, it's changed its priorities. The dominoes, metaphorically, who is going to think, who do you think is going to be that first one to Liam Andrews, but is there anybody else behind him? Is it the two that we've discussed and Harvey and Malachi Williams, or is there an outsider that could help boost Penn State in the recruiting rankings? I think it's going to be one of those three, um, really, that, that, turns the tide on this recruitment. There might be somebody, um, you know, down the road that we need to keep an eye on in Kamori Dixon, a, a safety that's committed to Boston College out of Virginia. Uh, he's got a great relationship with uh, Anthony Poindexter, uh, one of Penn State's assistant coaches. So keep an eye on him. Uh, maybe Chris Cole, that could be interesting, but he's not ready to announce his commitment at all. Look for an early fall decision from him, probably somewhere in September. Uh, I would expect at least one commitment for Penn State by that point. But uh, those would be a couple of players I'd keep an eye on down the road. Uh, Nick Marsh, uh, I would say, is trending away from Penn State, a uh, receiver, uh, more of a Michigan State guy at this point. Uh, that, that's where my prediction would be. Mm -hmm. And Alex Taylor, a receiver out of uh of North Carolina rivals 250 prospect as well, looking like he's probably going to stay much closer to home, probably at North Carolina, maybe NC state, but I would give the edge to the Tar Heels at this point. So uh, those are just some of the other targets I'd keep an eye on at this point. You know, Penn state doesn't have to take guys who they don't believe are, are up to their caliber. They can mm -hmm. wait and see what happens with the transfer portal. Uh, you know, they did a great job uh, getting receivers and other playmakers out of the portal this past cycle. And I believe that Penn State will try to go that route again, um, you know, after after this season, see what uh, just see what happens there. Uh, but they're not going to reach for guys. It's just not not in their nature to really take big reaches on players who may not fit their depth chart. And that's I'm I'm glad that you brought up wide receiver because yes, Penn State looks like it's losing the battle to to for Nick Marsh to Michigan State 
And I, you saying it honestly all but confirms it, right? And we've talked about it. The everydayers know this. So we've talked about uh, Nick Marsh's potential commitment for quite some time just because of how intriguing a prospect he was. And a different type of prospect, Penn State has been really good at getting those agile, shorter wide receivers. They're not small, but they're definitely in terms of build compared to other receivers. And then Nick Marsh standing the way at six foot four being that red zone target that he could develop into and now going away to, I mean, he's staying in state, right? He's staying at home, but that's, I wanted to ask about wide receiver and you already answered the question for me, Alex Taylor, somebody that is from that North Carolina area. That's someone that Penn state had definitely brought up as a priority. Jalen Hornsby commits to Texas A&M. Are there any other wide receiver targets that Penn State uh, is at least interested in for the time being? Because the conversation was five, potentially six wide receiver commits. And now it sounds like Penn State might be stuck at three. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, there were a couple of players who Penn State was on early in the process and took their, you know, took their foot off the gas a little bit with these guys, um, Makai White and uh, Chance Wiggins out of Virginia. Those are two bigger mm -hmm. receivers who, you know, do fit the need for Penn State, but are they to the caliber that they need? That's something Penn State continues to evaluate. They'll look for, uh, look for those guys, maybe, uh, maybe look for those guys to move up Penn State's board into the season once Penn State sees how, they're, how they get off to a good start, possibly uh, in September or early October. We'll see what kind of momentum Penn State tries to pick up with those guys. At that point, though, I believe both of them will be committed uh, so Penn State will have to try to flip them before all is said and done. Those are just a couple of other guys that I would think that Penn State tries to come back around on. Maybe a Rico Scott who is committed to Alabama. He's an in-state prospect over Bishop McDevitt. Yep. Never rule out a, a flip for Penn State for an in-state guy. Uh, maybe a David Washington. He is expected to commit this week to maybe UVA or Kentucky. Uh, but as an in-state guy, Penn State certainly uh, could turn the tide there fairly quickly, I would imagine. So we'll have to just keep an eye on those those types of players, um, but nothing definitive at this point. Like I said, the portal remains an option for Penn State, and it's an area that they they did well in in this past cycle. So uh, certainly somewhere I would expect Penn State to be active uh, in the next cycle. And how do teams win the dead period, Adam? At Penn State, what can they do to really maximize? Because you can't have official visits. You can't have on-campus visits. You can stay in contact with these prospects, which is very important. But how does Penn State and any other program in general continue to just make sure that things are in place, batten down the hatches uh, during this time? You keep those relationships tight. You stay in contact through your vacations. You know, a lot of coaches are on vacation this month and later this month. You stay really tight with those players, their coaches, their parents, their handlers. Their, their unfortunately that some of them have, or, or fortunately for them, I should say, NIL agents. Um, agents you know, those guys, yeah. you stay close with them. Make sure that there isn't any, you know, there aren't any leaks or anything like that. For uh, not leaks in terms of information, but leaks like a leak would, like a ship would have a leak or a boat would have mm -hmm. a leak. You know, have something. You know, make sure you just stay close with those guys because if you if they they start to wander a little bit you want to make sure you can nip that in the bud real quick and with the last segment coming up here adam before we get to that and just the overall picture of the the big 10 recruiting standings according to rivals there it's very top heavy it's ohio state it's michigan it's penn state and then just about everybody else. Uh, let's talk about that in just a second. But I, where can people keep up with what you do at Rivals.com uh, and everything personally, all the good work that you do? 
Yeah, you mentioned it. Rivals.com, Happy Valley Insider. You can see my stuff on there a lot. Um, on Twitter, Rivals Friedman on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, um, now on new, the new Instagram uh, app, uh, Threads, at Rivals Friedman there. Uh, you can find all of my information there, all of my future casts, all of the updates that we've been posting, uh, not just on uh, 2024 prospects, but also 2025 and 2026 prospects. There are some big events over the last couple of weeks where there are some of the top top uh, underclassmen in the nation were out there and we got a good look at some really impressive players you're going to hear a lot about uh, over the next couple of years. And if you like what we do here with Locked on Nittany Lions, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, subscribe to the show. Adam, in this final segment, let's talk about just that idea because this is, look, no disrespect to the commitments that Penn State has gotten, but there is levels to this, right? People have, had, have heard that saying. You look at Ohio State, they get a commitment from, and they come from behind. This was someone that was not expected to commit to the Buckeyes, uh, and he does. Penn State fans are familiar with Larry Johnson, defensive line coach uh, for now the just Buckeyes. <laughs> but yeah, just a little bit. Uh, and they land Justin Scott, who's a five-star prospect. And it, it's, a, it's a large gap in comparison between him and DeAndre Cook. I think Cook has all the potential in the world, but Penn State isn't landing top top 25 prospects at the moment. Ohio state is Michigan is well ahead of them. Penn state. It isn't far behind Ohio state and Michigan in this recruiting cycle, but I would say that it's still a, a sizable gap, a distant third place. Is there anything Penn state can do in this time frame to catch the Wolverines and the Buckeyes? They got to have one of those big seasons where they win games that they're not expected to win. Okay. Uh, and they are in position to possibly do that this year. They've got what looks to be a, Super, super talented quarterback who is living up to his five-star billing and, mm -hmm. and Drew Lahr. They've got great running backs. They've got a pretty good receiving core. They've got the best offensive lineman in the, in the country coming back next year when he didn't have to be. He would have been a top-five pick this past this past draft and uh, Olu Fashanu. And this offense is primed to put up a lot of points this year. That defense is going to be very, very solid as well. Abdul Carter, Curtis jo uh, Jacobs, you know, you name it. There's a bunch of playmakers on that defensive front. And in the secondary, they they just continued to to backfill those guys after they they left. You know, Jair Brown, gone. Joey Porter Jr., gone. They've got big-time playmakers stepping up there, too. Zaki Wheatley, I think we're going to hear a lot about him this fall. Uh, turnover, what they, what they call him, the turnover king or something like that? Yeah. Uh, I think that's right. So, you know, he's a Maryland guy also. Uh, shout out to the to, to the Maryland prospects up at Penn State. But mm -hmm. you know, look at uh, look at this team. I mean, they're going to put up a lot of points. They're going to they're going to put up some big numbers and get a lot of wins. But are they going to beat Penn State? Or, or excuse me, are they going to beat Michigan? Are they going to beat Ohio State? Are they going to win those games that maybe they haven't won in the past? That's what's going to catch a lot of these big time players attention, a lot of these big time recruits attention. And that's when they start you know, really flipping some guys late and making major progress on guys for the next cycle. Based on what you said, and I'm, I'm glad because I completely agree. I think that the summer is very important. I'm not going to say that Penn State should just give it a rest and then just wait for football season to start before they can really make a push because flips are going to come. I've already talked to other people, whether it's the Rivals Network or just in general when it comes to recruiting, that Penn State is going to make its noise 
during the football season with this caliber team, as you mentioned, going up and down the roster and you picked out names from every single position group, just about, I would say other than defensive line and I'll throw in the defensive lineman chop Robinson. Yeah. Who's a Maryland, Maryland recruit and uh, deny Dennis Sutton as well, along with Adisa Isaac. And mm. I know I could name all those guys, but Penn state does have a litany of athletes that they can turn to this season. And, at the end of the day, actions speak louder than words. You can make all your recruiting pitches, and that's what you do to set the stage for everything. But then, as you said, when it translates to wins on the field in Penn State, can't go 9-3. and three. They can't even go 10-2. and two. The difference is going to be beating the schools that are above them currently in the recruiting rankings, Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, that's what's going to get those five stars' attention. You know, I I, I can't believe I forgot Denai Dennis Sutton, one of my guys uh, yeah. coming out of the out of the Maryland uh, by way of Delaware, four or five star. Uh, you know, Denai's got a bright future, and I think he's going to make a lot of waves this year. Chop Chop Robinson obviously has already gotten a lot of attention. Abdul Carter's you know a monster over there, and you know, I think this this team is just primed to to win that eleventh or that twelfth game this year. And uh, you know, all that all that's left to do is actually go out on the field and do it. You know, Penn State is one of those teams that, you know, really will benefit from the season getting here sooner rather than later. There are some teams who may not want that season to get here just yet because they need more time to prepare. Penn State is chomping at the bit to get out there. Ohio State and Michigan, they've they've done excellent recruiting to this point. Uh, it seems like they've gone back and forth with some head to head battles and Penn State. Like you said, they can turn the tide. And I agree with you. If they win those games, particularly if they go 12 and 0, they might be able to get some flips. I think even 11 and 1 is fair. I think beating. Now, what would you say here? Because I find this interesting. Beat is it more important if Penn State had to drop one game? Would it be losing at home to Michigan or losing on the road to Ohio State? Which one can they afford? Losing on the road is always a little bit more excusable than losing at home, especially when you're this talented a team. And if you're able to win at home against a Michigan team who, you know, they've been the back-to-back playoffs, right? You know, this yeah. team has all the attention in the world. They're they're riding high after two straight wins over Ohio State also. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that says something for Penn State fans to be able to beat a team like Michigan who has a lot of stars returning and are supposed to be better than they were last year even. So, um, you know, that would that would be a marquee win, to say the least, for, for James Franklin and the Nate Lions. And just the final thought on this one, Adam, uh, USC and UCLA, I always have to constantly remind myself when I look at the Big Ten team standings, not the overall, that USC and UCLA are going to be here before we all know it and all realize. Have they been making any noise or are they a threat to any recruiting so far for just in general for the Big Ten, aside from only Penn State? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, look, USC just came into Pennsylvania and got David Pali Pali. They were the third team um, in a three-team race heading into their official visit in in the last weekend of June. And uh, all of a sudden, they jumped Michigan, they jumped Penn State, and overcome the I want to stay close to home argument for, for Pali Pali. And uh, they land his commitment on, on July 1st. You know, that's huge for them. He's you know, Pali Pali is a player that I would keep an eye on down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, once, once the reality kind of sets in and the idea of him playing far from home gets closer and closer, that's when Penn state could start to pick up maybe some more momentum there. But for now, you know, the Trojans have him. defensive line coach. Sean Nua has a great relationship with him and his family. But, uh, you know, USC is, is, is a major recruiting threat, you know, where, for any recruit in the country. Yeah. Uh, that's a national uh, program right there. UCLA, very similar, has been able to recruit uh, nationally over the years. And, you know, with this move to the Big Ten, I would expect them to be able to do the same thing. Um, so 
we'll see what happens with those guys. But for now, you know, you don't have to worry about them on the schedule. That's a 2024 problem. Yeah. And I'd also bring up Jalen Harvey as well. He put them in in their top five. I'm not saying that's the favorite to land him, but it's definitely had him reconsidering some things. Adam, it's always great to talk to you. Great to catch up. Great to get that insight and intel for, I know that the everydayers enjoy it just as much as I do. Thanks for the time again. And it'll be just as exciting the next time we can have you back on the show. Absolutely. Zach, thank you so much for the time. Looking forward to talking more Penn State recruiting uh, with you in a couple of weeks.